listening to The Edge, everything bass fishing, coming to you worldwide from Megawind Keelguard Studios. What, 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 what? Coming in hot. <laughs> coming in hot. Aaron, oh my God, I'm coming in hot. Dude, crazy things going on. Welcome to Bass Edge Radio, the June 15 edition, my friend. We made it. Yes, sir, and almost makes me want to kind of think of that uh, song school's out for summer you know because uh, <laughs> right. maya has graduated we've gotten through her graduation party next stop uh university of rockhurst in kansas city in september so anyway summer has officially started in my book kurt yeah are you are you covered from the hungover on the big grad party there Oh man, yeah, it's uh, a great time. <laughs> Lots of uh, friends and family, and all all the above. So yeah, it was a good time. Well, yeah, man, for sure. School's out down here in Texas, also, man. We just uh, wrapped up the Texas Youth Fishing Camps here at Lake Amistad Pro Bass Camp, man. Another, another full uh, house. Yeah, another full house, man. And uh, you always enjoy these programs, man. And and when I finish them, I'm dead tired. That's why I started off the show with coming in hot. Because it's just been a nonstop deal, but uh, I'm already excited for the New York camp coming up in July. But uh, it was a great deal down here in Texas, so excited about that. And talking about up north and and going to New York, dude, fish are in full spawn mode up there. One day, I got to get an RV, and and I'm going to start down south, and I'm going to be obviously retired because this is going to be a six-month, seven-month trip, but I'm going to follow the spawn from south to north and uh pretty crazy to talk about you know in june they're spawning up in new york and it's it's going on big time i just say new york but michigan ohio new york vermont you know everywhere up north minnesota it's uh it's that time of year to catch a piggy up there yeah and you know of course you mentioned uh up north that is really synonymous with brown fish right i mean just being able to go up there yeah. and not only going after largemouth but then you you bring in those those nice smallmouth it's that time of year yeah things are moving man moving and shaking moving and shaking the bass fishing world's on fire we got to somehow keep this momentum you know this awesome momentum we've essentially had since late february early march just Great momentum all the way up through now, and it's still rolling. But and how do we keep this going in July, August, September, October? Well, I tell you how is because I am uh, practicing for Truman, so that is going to keep me focused on making sure that we squeeze as much juice as we can, but no more, <laughs> right. because I want to get back out on the water and right. uh, get back to practicing. But yeah, I'm actually a Truman Reservoir, Kurt, getting ready for the uh, BFL there. Water, of course, as most lakes are in Missouri, but... Uh, Truman is a core lake, so it is a flood control lake. Okay. Holding water so, back, right, for Lake of the Ozarks, because that's where it goes into part of the Osage River. But it's it's been interesting. You know, I, I've got to say, top water is coming into play. You've got the vibrating jig, you know, throwing that around a little bit, and then also doing a little flipping, kind of experimenting a little bit with uh, Cinco, flipping that around some, some pole timbers in the treetops, and fish just really getting locked into post-spawn mode. Let's break that down real quick. You know, the great... Rick Clun always said, follow the bait to find the bass. What kind of things are you seeing out there on Truman that kind of lead you to fishing those patterns 
from a bait orientation perspective? So, you know, I think the first thing that comes to mind is when, when you start getting into mid-June and the, the temperatures, the mercury's rising, it, it makes you want to pull offshore and, and, you know, those fish starting to pull away. That's not necessarily 100% the case. Still finding some that are relating to shallow. Of course, the shad spawn, kind of playing with that with the brim that's coming off. So I'm looking for predominantly fish that are feeding on either the bigger thread fins or also just a lot of the blue because that's where the better fish to me to win a tournament like this when you've got the local hammers like we do right to me that's just that's where i've got to be so might get fewer bites but the bites are better in quality well it sounds like you're going to be fishing your strengths there aaron and maybe a great event for you we're, we're going to keep an eye on that we'll have to uh see how that all ends up but uh thanks for sharing those little insights hopefully your crew out there isn't yeah, uh they don't let you down <laughs> right. put a big bagel up you know <laughs> You'll be good, my friend. I tell you what, you know, we we talk about this now every episode, Aaron. But again, we've got a cool deal that we've got to share with you right here on Bass Edge Radio. I've got Chris Shoplock from Nomad going to check in with us. Nomad Designs, bro, they've come out with a freshwater series and uh, they've got a little tidbit. Man, I saw this this past spring. I was actually at, at Sportsman's Warehouse and we had a get together there, a meeting, and we were looking at Nomad Design Freshwater Series, a brand new series. But in the lip of these baits, they have what is called an auto-tune. Now, if you've never heard of auto-tune, y'all got to stay tuned for this next segment. Again, we're going to talk with Chris Shoplock, Marketing Manager at Nomad Designs. Stay tuned right after this message. We're going to be right back with some information you don't want to miss. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. The Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Live Well, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. Aaron, a new fresh design in the freshwater hard bait world, man. They they hit the shelves this spring coming from Nomad Design. Um, and they've had a lot of great success in the saltwater world. And we're lucky to have with us on this episode the marketing manager, Chris Shoplock. Chris, thanks for swinging into Bass Edge Radio with us. Oh, man, right back at you. Thank you very much. We appreciate the opportunity. Well, Chris, Swim Trek is a super cool bait in the freshwater lineup. Interestingly, you know, the DNA is out of necessity, which would like to kind of hear a little bit more about that. But the way that it falls, swims down in the water column on a pause and retrieve. Also, very intriguing to me is the auto-tune. Can you help Bass Edge Nation kind of learn or understand its kind of incubation and then also some of the topics and, and things that make it unique sure yeah no and it, it it certainly is and the uh the auto tune was like you say born out of necessity or the marketing guy in me wants to say our tagline which is crafted by experience our owner uh we're out of australia was uh, doing long long range trips with his boat the nomad um and he had clients flying out and coming down in float planes and catching fish 
giant, giant trevally, just huge fish that had never seen a lure before in their life out in the coral sea. And he was breaking everything um, and he couldn't make the lures troll fast enough. And so he's like a, a computer engineer whiz beyond being a great fisherman. So, so he made it. He made one. And what he did was he made the auto tune was sort of the uh, keystone feature. It's, 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 it's been patented since. So, we're, you know, we're the only ones that can use the auto tune. And what it basically is, is a free floating line tie um, that, uh, you know, allows the lure to work kind of outside. It doesn't pin the line uh, to the to the bill of the lure. So you can go much, much quicker because it'll it'll absorb that vibration when you're going. And I'm talking, you know, nine, 10, 12 knots. Um, that they're pulling these things and these things are getting down, you know, 20, 30 feet. And we started thinking about how we could do it on other products. And we brought it in some more of our saltwater products, but we always wanted to be in freshwater. And we designed a bunch of baits. Uh, we have seven families and four of them sport the auto tune. And that's kind of what gives the swim tracks that beautiful falling motion is because that line is not a fixed tied point to the lure because we all know that line will affect how the lure falls. Wow. You know, Chris, I first got my hands on on the Nomad Design Freshwater Series earlier this spring. I want to say it was in March. uh, I was out in Utah, actually, and uh, was able to view these lures, the the whole series. And I got to say, some really neat designs you know the swim tracks we'll talk a little bit later about the vertrex max but really the auto tune i felt like was the big eye popper for me and the auto tune in the deep diver you got the d-track 65 and the uh, d-tracks 80 to have a bait now with this auto tune like you call it the free floating line tie it's going to always achieve the maximum depth potential of a lure design whatever the design is obviously nomad's the only one that's going to ever be able to put an auto tune on a lure so that's going to be pretty cool that whatever design now you can come up with from a fishing lure with the auto tune it's always going to achieve its maximum potential depth there's no more a bait running off to the right or running off to the left or hitting a piece of cover and becoming off tune right because Mm. it's going to be auto tune Mm -hmm. and man I, i just feel like there's so much more that is going to happen with Nomad because of this feature. How deep will that D-Trex 65 and D-Trex 80 run? Well, you know, it's funny, and, and this is the thing that's kind of cool about Auto-Tune, is it doesn't just do one thing. You know, when you look at it on the swim tracks, you know, the swim tracks looks like your standard lipless crank, and a lot of people think, oh, you know, that's the way that, that lure works, and it, re- it really doesn't. It's made to fall and have that wounded action as it just slowly falls down on a slack line, and yeah, we were just hammering fish on it up in Clear Lake. I mean, it was not even fair. Um, but the, <laughs> the cool thing about it is, is the D-Track does the opposite. The D-Track now lets you run that thing under extreme tension. So the swim mm-hmm. tracks, it gives you free floating capabilities. On a crankbait and a, and a trolling bait, it gives you that same thing that our, our saltwater DTX and Mad Max have, which is where that auto-tune keeps them running straight and lets you get it down really deep. And and the reason why is because we can also move that toe point further out on the bill. Um, It doesn't have to be pinned up against the nose. And so that also gets that lure down without having to have some kind of crazy cranking, you know, high speed reel and getting everything right. 
it will literally get down. You don't have to burn it to get it down. We were fishing and we have some video on our uh, on our YouTube channels where uh, Gerald Sporer, he had the 80 down at around 22, 23 feet, slow cranking it, bouncing it off the bottom. Nice. And uh, the the uh, 65 will get down between 15 and uh, 15, 16, 17 feet. And, you know, it's a small little crankbait and it doesn't have this ginormous bill. It's because of that line tie. So, you know, as you, you know, to answer your question, they can definitely get down there, but it's not a matter of like brute strength or some kind of incredible amount of speed. It's literally science, you know, <laughs> it's just yeah. physics and it works out so great. And the possibilities are endless, really, when you start thinking about it that way. Engineering is a wonderful thing like that. And it's certainly something extremely unique just to think that, you know, you don't have to go down to reduce line size to get those depths or like you said to uh, completely change how you fish very very interesting one of the you know things that really all of the nomad series are 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 unique and and i like them but vertrex max that one really (laughs) kind of stood out to me can can you elaborate a a bit on that yeah absolutely the vibe (laughs) the vibe tribe (laughs) we have uh it it is uh, what a story man i and it, it just continues to evolve every single day we even gave it its own nomad vibe tribe youtube channel we even give it its own segment on our new website it's an old type of uh, system that's that's been over in australia for a couple decades and it's a it's a soft plastic that looks oddly enough like a swim tracks it looks like a lipless crankbait but it's a soft bodied lure that is through wired okay so for saltwater guys they'll know how important through wired is so a bluefish or a toothy critter doesn't just bite the bait in half and or a huge fish you know, rip the bait apart. You know, this is a very small bait. And we've caught, we just got back from Boca Grande where on the little 110, we were catching 100 pound tarpon in Boca Grande Pass. People didn't think it could be done. They're only fishing live bait down there. But mm. Oliver got his hands on it from Big Bass Dreams. And he's like, you know, w- we know this could work in, uh, in freshwater. And sure enough, um, that's his absolute favorite because it kind of works the same way as the swim tracks. It'll swim on the pause, but it vibes up so hard and it's silent, it's deadly silent. Um, and so we're going to be coming out with a whole freshwater line of baits where we take the saltwater hooks off the vibes. We put some new BKK freshwater hooks on probably the spear extra wide gaps we're looking at. Um, and we really, since we sort of brought this here into the U S and people started fishing it, I think we're up to like 70 species since September. And I mean, like every single thing you could think of, we just got alligator guard down in Trinity river in Texas, one of my pro staffers the other day. So man, the vibe, the Vertrex vibe, and even though it's a saltwater bait, go take a look at them because your, your mind's going to instantly and go check out the vibe tribe on YouTube. Your mind's going to, it's one of those baits that'll start your creative juices flowing for sure. So many cool things going on with Nomad Design. It's got to be an exciting time for you and the team there in this freshwater bass fishing market to be launching, you know, some new hard bait products. Chris, what do you see on the horizon as far as their involvement in the freshwater industry so that all of us bass nuts can uh, be following along Nomad? Sure. I mean, we're in the infancy stage and and we're a small company and, you know, we're not going to come in and bash the door down with millions of dollars and huge campaigns. We're going to do it the same way we did it with saltwater, which is crafted by experience. We're using GDP, Greg De Palma. Uh, We're using Oliver. We're using Gerald uh, Sporer. Those are our sort of pros that we're working with right now. And 
we are at the moment designing, you know, we have the seven families right now, but we, we really want to make sure that we can offer a lineup in most of your prevalent categories. So we want to start getting maybe into, say, like a, the spinnerbait uh, realm or the swim jig realm. Um, we're looking at different, um, we're looking at different color schemes and we're looking to sort of get a little bit more maybe into some of the swim bait stuff. But we really want to kind of present a nice, full, hard body, rounded out. Um, you probably start seeing so our shikari jerk bait is awesome. You're probably going to see some variations on that for depth. Um, but uh, what we're doing is we're taking our time and we're doing a lot of research and we're fishing the baits and um, you know we're we're talking to people and it's funny because you know I, I run the socials and people like you know make their silly comments and I come back and I'm like hey that's actually interesting you know and they're like hey what <laughs> right <laughs> they're like you're not going to ban me I'm like no 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 tell me more <laughs> so we're ears wide open and and like it's just the beginning and you're right it's it's so exciting because we're just kind of writing history here yeah you guys do a great job on social. I I know that's a big part of your expertise and marketing campaign in that realm. So props to you guys. It's a great product that, that you've got going and gotten started. And, and it's going to be fun to watch and see where it heads. I agree. Chris, uh, thanks so much for carving out time to be on Bass Edge Radio. How can our listeners uh, you know, find out more information to see all of the many things that's going on with Nomad? Sure. Um, pretty easy. Um, nomadtackle.com is our website uh, that we're in the process of completely tricking out. We just tore it down, our old website, and, and built one brand new from scratch, and we're having fun putting stuff into there. YouTube, um, Nomad Bass on YouTube, and then any of our socials, which is Nomad Bass and Nomad Freshwater. Because we're out there so much, you kind of Google almost fills it in for you at this point. <laughs> no, that's great. And uh, if the rest of Bass Edge Nation is like me, um, I like easy and I like simple. So appreciate uh, you breaking <laughs> it down for us and certainly welcome uh, more ideas as they come out. And we'll we'll try and get those out to Bass Edge Nation as soon as you guys have some additional announcement. But as always, a pleasure to have you on the show. Absolutely. I can't thank you guys enough. And I look forward to, uh, look forward to sharing the future with you guys. Excellent. All right, Bass Edge Nation. There you have it. There you are. Check out Nomad. And in the meantime, Kurt and I, we're going to take a quick break and we will come back to join this week's featured guest right here on Bass Edge Radio. This is MLF Pro Circuit title champion, Jimmy Washam. This is professional angler, Andrew Upshaw. This is BASS Elite Series champion, Brian Schmidt. This is BASS Open champion, Nick LeBrun, right here on Bass Edge Radio. of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat. Guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. As mentioned before the break, a returning guest here on Bass Edge Radio. Thankful to catch up with this angler 
So over the last several years, he's continued to impress the bass fishing world with his versatility. Now he's got a new title to his name, the 2022 MLF Red Crest Champion. Awesome to have you with us, MLF BBT angler, Bobby Lane. Appreciate you being on the show, Bob. Kurt, it's been a while, but yes, thank you for uh, quite the introduction, and it is very <laughs> nice to, to hear that 2022 champion. It's been quite the journey, man. I mean, it's been a long time coming, and um, to have this every every single day I'm at the house, I walked by this trophy and it never gets old looking at it wow that's excellent well bobby for a guy that grew up in florida and and began the national tours really you know either flipping up checks or frogging for checks man has time changed you know your your evolution you're catching fish now in so many ways and not just catching fish on these new techniques but winning on them you know and i I just think that is something to be very proud of for you but also hopefully we can tap into and kind of extract some of that transformation you know that you've put into play and cashing checks on how has that evolved over time well yeah you're exactly right you know i mean i grew up lake kissimmee okeechobee harris chain where all we did was flip spider wire and throw a frog around in a swim bait i mean that was honestly in a topwater plug that is all we did for years and years and years and it worked you know i mean there was that's what got me to where i'm at today but man you're right times have changed i mean i remember my first few years on the FLW tour, I had a lot of success in the beginning. And then as the schedules changed a little bit, I remember guys talking about something like a shaky head. And I was like, (laughs) I am not throwing. I I told them, I said, I'm not throwing what I called a fairy wand back then. I would never throw a spinning rod. I said, I don't even own one and I'm not putting one in my boat. And the butt kickings kept coming more relative. And, you know, and it was kind of like, hey, dude, you need to figure something out. So this this was way before Abu Garcia, but I bought a few spinning rods and reels. They probably were Abu Garcia, and uh, I just started playing with stuff. I got with I got with some guys that knew how to throw the shaky heads and spinning rods and leaders, stuff that I'm not even familiar with, and and I started down that road. And and honestly, now that I'm with Abu Garcia and Pure Fishing, I mean, it's made it so much more easier for me to have the right line, the right rods, the right reels. Just like last week at Gunnersville, I mean, I just smashed them on a spinning rod there. So it's made it easier for me to become more versatile that way. But then also, like you're saying, it's just not spinning rods. It's, you know, cranking. My, my win in Kentucky Lake in 2009 and a few other events, fishing deep and or learning things and all of that comes into play but Lawrence and with the c-map i mean stuff just becomes easier to me and you have to get out there and do it and believe in it and have confidence in it to make yourself a better fisherman you can't just pick up a spinning rod and, and a drop shot and say okay i'm gonna go fish with a drop shot today you have to put that in your hands months before and fish only that bait get confidence in it then you know you can put it in your arsenal and become a better fisherman and then in tournaments when you start catching them on it it gives you all the confidence you need to start becoming the best fisherman you can and that's really the way my career has gone throughout the year over the yeah. years <laughs> yeah yeah bobby you know 
as much as I am a fisherman in the sport, I'm a huge fan of the sport. Remember those days of the FLW tour when you busted out and, and you did it the Florida way on, on the shaky head tour and, and had some top tens and some really good start to your career. Then you kind of mentioned the, the evolution of your uh, other techniques throughout time. The big eye opener for me was at Travis a couple years ago. You were almost won the, the MLF BBT there drop shot in, in like 80 foot of water suspended fish <laughs> on docks and i was like dude let me tell you that to me was the point where it was holy crap bob lane he is the full package and uh that that was it man when when i saw you do that in that in that particular event i was like dude is unstoppable and and uh he's he's reached a whole new level to where he was, you know, seven, eight, 10, 15 years ago. So props yeah, to that, yeah, man. Well, it's been fun to watch. That was 128 foot of water my boat was sitting in. <laughs> it, my Rams could barely pick it up. It was, it was unbelievable, Kurt. But, um, you know, you, you learn over time in super clear water. You have to do things different. And then, of course, the Bass Pro Tour, it was a 1-8, and you have to catch as many fish as you can. I mean, that's right. That kind of setup, but that technique was working, and I could actually see those fish on my active target suspended on those dock cables. Right. And I know you guys being from Missouri and fish those lakes in the summer and in the early spring, you see those same fish like we do suspend on dock cables in certain times of the year, and that's exactly what I was doing. And it don't matter if you're catching them in 15 foot of water, your boat can be sitting in 130 foot of water. It's unbelievable where those fish get and how you actually know where they're at sometimes now. Yeah, that's cool. Bobby, much of the North Country fishing, similar behavior patterns that you did back in March, you know, during the Red Crest and Grand Lake in Oklahoma. Some of those same techniques I saw just a couple weeks ago, you had a, uh, you kind of did a little promo on the MLF site about the uh, Fritz crankbait that you, you know, was part of your winning pattern there at uh, at the Red Crest and, and your top five reasons why that crankbait was special to you. But um, when, when you're talking to anglers up north fishing right now, you know, mid-June, pre-spawn to spawn, can they use some of those same tactics that you won the Red Crest on? And what kind of advice would you give those anglers looking to catch some of those pre-spawn to spawn type of fish? Dude, I'm telling you, if you don't have some of those Fritz side fives, you're crazy. I don't care if it's <laughs> summer in Florida or pre-spawn in June, it this bait works everywhere I've been. So, yes, definitely you can catch fish right now. Throw in that Fritz side five, guaranteed. Get outside of the spawning pockets. Throw it on some of the deeper rock or deeper parts of the lake. If it doesn't even have rock, it can have docks or wood or a transition point, uh, grass. It doesn't matter. The Fritz side five works everywhere. And just match the color to the water that you're fishing. That was key for me. That HD brown looks absolutely perfect in Grand Lake that time of the year. Red works really well. Black chartreuse 
you know, we're doing some more HD colors down the road. And just match the color with the water. You know, try to keep it close to that. But, you know, anytime there's pre-spawn fish, that Fritz Side 5 is going to work. I love it on a crank and reel. You're right. I just watched those five ways. I talked about that with MLF, and they did a cool job with that. I just saw it yesterday. It was actually on the MLF site. But uh, I throw it on 12-pound test, 100% Berkeley fluorocarbon. I throw it on a, a Abu Garcia crank and reel. Six to eight to one is fine, but the rod was key. So you can really chunk and wind that thing a long way. John Cox and one of the other guys at uh, Pure Fishing actually got me throwing that 7.6 winch or the 7.6 PLX, moderate, medium, heavy. It's got the perfect tip for the fritz side. I said, I'm not throwing a 7.6. That's what I flip with. They're like, Bob, you got to <laughs> throw a 7.6. I'm like, I like to throw it around docks and stuff like that. They're like, Bob, you need to throw the 7.6. I said, nope, send me seven-foot mediums. They sent me the 7.6s, and I started playing with them early, early this year. And I'm like, you guys were right. I should have listened a long time ago, man. That is the perfect rod for that bait. It's, it's unbelievable. You know, and then when they slip right up to spawn, you can attack them with the other rods and reels that you got in your box. You can... Now start picking up your Maxent Generals, skipping them around wacky, depending on the weather and how that goes, stuff like that. But before they start, that Fritz side, and it will catch big ones. It is, it is. Just, we watched John Coxway in some hammers at uh, when? What did he win, Kurt? Wasn't it? Yeah, that was uh, that was at Rayburn. He won. He won up there at Rayburn a couple years ago, uh, when when it just first came out. The first day? He did. First, I, l- let me jump back to you real quick. What's the difference? that you're getting throwing the Fritz side on the seven, six versus that seven foot. Is it, is it just the action of the rod? Is it the length of the rod to handle the bait and the fish once they connect? What is it that that seven, six is giving you as far as detail orientation? Yep. And I'll bring the seven foot up real quick. Like I thought the seven yeah. foot was going to be better for like skipping around under trees or skipping under docks and stuff like that. Sure. Like I wanted, sure. you know, you're thinking the Hank Parker days. Right. With the yeah. pistol grip. You remember he had the pistol grip and he would skip Absolutely. that spinnerbait everywhere he went. That was my mindset was I'm going to use the, the shorter rod to skip it around stuff. You know, when I get up tight to cover, I want to put it in between dock pylons. That 7.6, actually, it's got the perfect tip on it. And the winch and the PLX, they're super, super good. But it's the tip and the way the rod's designed. When you okay. hook a fish, the tip bends to the fish, and it actually, you know, those hooks aren't huge, but they are fusion hooks, so it sticks them. I don't think I lost a fish at Grand Lake when I won the 2022 Red Crest. I don't think I lost a fish all week, and it didn't matter if it short struck me or I got it on the end of a long cast. Those hooks were perfect, but that rod, it's got the perfect tip and bend in it when you do load up on a bass. It can jump, it can make a quick run, and the rod performs the way it needs to. The grips and stuff like that, most of them are standard anymore on, on all our Abu Garcia stuff, but that PLX or that Winch 7.6, those are the two rods that just seem to make a difference. And you can skip those, just not skip them, but you can make short casts under docks, you can go under trees. The more I've used them, I'm like, Man, now if I want to put a dredger on or a digger or some bigger crankbait also, all I got to do is tie it to that same rod and reel because now I can throw it a mile and dig down a ledge if I want to with, with something deeper. So it's the perfect setup, man. 
Well, Bobby, you are not too far removed. You know, you're just off that top 10 at, at Lake Gunnersville Pro Circuit, primarily fishing shallow. You know, I'm curious, as, as we're here in the middle of June, what's going to be on your deck? And will you continue kind of that shallow style into this month of fishing in the south? Oh, man, you guarantee it. Some of the best shallow fishing that takes place is in June. That's when I start thinking, okay, the brim beds are either finishing up or in some areas, they're just getting started. Brim beds are huge for bass. And I think the reason is the bass are spawning most of the year, you know, your April and May and stuff like that. And now you're getting into June. The bass are starting to, you know, kind of pre-spawn. Some are done spawning. But what happens is that water temp starts to rise fairly quickly when, when summer hits. And the bass are done spawning or they're trying to spawn. Those brim come in and eat the bass eggs immediately or some of them. Those bass get so pissed off that they turn around and eat the brim because the brim, the water temp heats up and the brim have to go spawn immediately. This is their time of the year. And they'll make beds about the size of a, like my Phoenix 920, a brim bed will be that big. <laughs> right. That's the perfect scenario. That's what a brim bed looks like. It's about the, the size of my Phoenix 920. But they shine real, real white. Like you can cruise all you want in a foot or two of water. As long as it has some clarity, you can also do it on your side imaging a little bit deeper. But you can cruise all around the lake, just like I did at Gunnersville a while back, back in May. And I started to see white spots on like clay points or sandy spots you would go up there and it'd have about 50 brim laying in a in a little area like that all you would do is hit waypoint you come back you throw the wacky general at them and catch big ones i mean i had two of the biggest stringers just a while ago on lake gunnersville so it's absolutely perfect timing for that time i love having a wacky rig green pumpkin general on the deck this time of the year but you can't go wrong i'm gonna have my flipping stick because the vegetation starts to grow and i'm also gonna be ripping and roaring to go with any kind of moving bait for sure Bob, when you're looking in practice and in the tournament for that matter, fishing these brim beds, do you have to see bass around the brim beds in order to go back and fish that location? Obviously, that's that's best case scenario. But if you if you're not seeing bass around, will you still hit those areas and just blind cast of those brim beds throughout the day? Is is that how you're targeting those, or do you specifically just go back to ones that you know have had some some feeding bass around yep if the water is clear that's a great question kurt if the water is clear i like to go slowly across the brim beds with my you know i like to wear those sunrise posted delmar shades get the sun behind me if possible if there's any sun and then i like to just cruise over the top of the bed or the corners of it what happens is the bass like to get on the edge and ambush from like where the corner of the brim bed is. So the brim will make the bed in a patch of grass, or they'll make it where there's two rocks in between some hard spots. They'll make the bed in there. And what the bass will do is hang on the backside of the rock. So I like to cruise the corners of the brim beds and look to see what happens is you're actually going to spook the bass, or if it's the right time of the day, they will be feeding on top of the brim beds. But you'll spook the bass into the brim bed, then you'll see the size of them. And what I like to do is drop a waypoint right where I see that bass. Not just go to the middle of the brim bed and mark it. Go to where you saw the bass swimming. It's almost identical to like uh, heron fishing on Lake Murray or some of these other lakes that have a lot of herring. 
when those fish get up super shallow during the heron spawn, yep. you can literally cruise a foot of water, mark where you see those fish, come back the next day, throw a, a swimmer in there or something like that and kill them or a topwater plug and catch them exactly where they were sitting. That's how I like to do a brim bed. Now, if the water's a little bit dirtier, what I like to do is side image and find those brim beds. I zoom out to about 120 feet if it's shallow, and you can actually see the brim beds. They look like craters on my uh, Lowrance HDS-12s. I can see the brim beds. I can see if there's brim in the brim beds. Now, you won't see the bass on them, but it's nothing to throw a big 10-inch power worm or a 6-inch general. Just throw it over there, drag it through real quick without a weight. If one thumps it, shake it off. Just try to find as many as you can. But, yeah, sometimes I'd love to see them. And if I see a brim bed, I'm hitting it every day of the week. I don't care if I saw a bass on it or not. But here's the key. You have to watch for guys that are bluegill fishing if or brim fishing or okay. pan fishing or whatever. For the ones that love to eat those, they will sit on those brim beds and they will catch every single one of them the minute that happens those bass leave and go to the next one which is which is who knows where sure. so sometimes you got to watch and make sure that they don't yank all them bluegill or brim off that bed before the before your tournament because if that happens you're going to go there and, and be empty-handed so that's why i'm saying find as many as you can throughout the day and be efficient on looking for them, but also finding them on your side imaging. Uh, awesome detail response there, Bob. Let me take this one more step into kind of that practice uh, position or atmosphere. You talked about looking for brim beds, obviously. We talked about, you, you mentioned flipping. Uh, you mentioned throwing a top water bait a little bit. How important is the type of fishery play in the factor of the ways you're going to look to get that first bite and and also kind of expand a little bit if you would on how important those first bites are to feeling confident when practice is underway prior to a tournament you hear you hear a lot of people say this bob you, you hear a lot of people say well you know i didn't catch very much but i eliminated a lot of water well yeah there's a lot of people that eliminate a lot of water every freaking day um a lot of weekend anglers are eliminating water all weekend, <laughs> but, but that's not yeah. doing them any yeah. good to catch fish. So, you know, how important is getting those bites? And, and if you're not, you know, moving around to areas or techniques that that's being established for you. Right. You know, elim uh, eliminating water is one of the hardest things. And what's sad is sometimes you eliminate the best spot on the lake and you didn't even know it. Yeah, exactly. Great say, point. You know, that's, it's crazy. That's just the way it happened. I've done it a few times this year. I, I, I eliminated a few spots at, at uh, Harris Chain earlier this year at a Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit. The wind was blowing, and lo and behold, did the guys destroy them on, on my spot. Three of them made the top ten, and I never went there, and I told myself to go. So I didn't even, I you know, it was like a second guess, and I ended up finishing like 74th. In, in Florida, you know, I mean, right. and I found not the winning fish, but I found the fish to make the top 10 and these guys killed them on, on fish. It was really frustrating. So what I like to do is try to cover as much water as I can in practice. I like it's let's take Okeechobee, for example, and we can use it and say Okeechobee is sure. one of the biggest lakes, but use Okeechobee, put it up north. I like to practice each side of Okeechobee, south, east, northwest, northeast, southwest, however you want to do it. And what I do at the end of my practice, I say, okay, where did I get my most bites? If I had 12 bites on the north end, six bites on the south end, eight bites on the 
east side and two bites on the west side. I'm going to start on the north end. That's because I had the most bites there. I always say if wherever I get the most bites, even if it's a lake that I'm struggling on and I only get two bites, I'm like, all right, I'm going to start where I had the two bites and then I'll go from there. But where I had the 12 bites, I feel like my chance of catching the biggest fish are going to be where I had the most bites. And then I'll work if the wind blows up north that day. Okay, well, at least I don't have to go up there. I go down. I can still go down south. And now if the wind blows out of the east, I can run to the east side because I practiced over there. So I really, I like to be efficient, but I like to cover as much water as I can. And then I can say, okay, at least I know in these few areas, I had some bites. So I'm good no matter what the wind or what the weather does. That's how you want to prepare yourself. Because what happens a lot of time, Kurt, is guys get out there, they find them, they feel like they're on them, and then you hear the ultimate at the at the weekend. Well, my God, the wind blew 30 out of the northeast, and there I couldn't get on those fish, so they're there. That's why we came in with two that weighed three pounds. <laughs> right. You know, so the, where the guys went it at, they they probably wanted on the other side of the lake. So you know, a little bit of knowledge. Check your weather route. Check what's going on. Be prepared. So you don't make those excuses when you're out there fishing on the weekends or when you're fishing during the week or whatever tournament you're in. You really want to cover yourself on. And if you just got a gorgeous week and everybody's going to catch them, well, then you need to get out there super early. And I would recommend practicing till dark till you either find a school or you find some kind of pattern that is going to produce, you know, bigger fish. It's not go to, you know, like Lake of the Ozarks. We were there earlier this year, and everybody's catching them. Um, You had to figure out how to catch bigger ones. It wasn't a matter about catching a two-pounder. Those lakes are chock full of two-pounders. you got to learn how to catch bigger ones. And and some of those guys did, and and guys like me didn't. You know, I kind of struggled in that event. But after watching the show and watching the live feed, I learned a lot from watching what those guys did to, to catch some of those bigger fish. And yeah. we watched Jesse Wiggins win that event yeah, that's right. head that's right. behind docks in, diff- in areas that other guys weren't. And I never had a shaky head on the deck. So yeah. I actually practiced where he was. I just wasn't doing the right thing. So, um, you know, don't just be, I guess that's another cool thing is don't be one-sided. You know, down here in Florida, you can do that. You can pick up a one and a half ounce weight in Okeechobee and go have success kind of year round. But other than that, you need to really be focused on five or six, eight rods on your deck at all times with different baits from mid-range to maybe deep and super shallow and be good at all of them and practice those knowing that I've done it so many times. I've gone back to a lake that I've had success in and I go fish those same areas the same way and I get my butt kicked. And the more I do that, the more frustrated I get. So now I approach every lake with a brand new mind frame. Yeah. You mentioned this just now, and and I think probably, you know, one great advantage that professional anglers have fishing the pro circuit, the BBT, the elite series, is they can go back and look at all the live footage if they've had a, a tough event and figure out why. You know, the weekend anglers got two or three buddies maybe that he can rely on to tell him the real story. And and that's the only picture they really get. So it's a great uh, learning tool for, for everybody, obviously watching those events. And, and specifically if you are there, like you are so often, I've been a few times to be able to fish the actual conditions 
and then see really how it all plays out. So uh, really cool stuff. Bob, we're going to take a break in the action, power pull down for a moment, hang in right there. We're going to be back with more in this featured angler spotlight. Stay tuned. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the Power Pole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, Power Pole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, Power Pole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Power Pole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Well, Bass Edge Nation, if our industry required continuing education, you are getting it right here, right now with the master's class from Bobby Lane right here on Bass Edge Radio, presented in part by Mercury Marine, returning with MLF BPT angler Bobby Lane. Mercury Marine, go boldly. Bob, you're fishing both the uh, Bass Pro Tour and the Pro Circuit this year, probably mixing in a few other things as well that I'm not aware about. But, man, I got to ask you, is it difficult to stay focused through that gauntlet of an event schedule? Not really. And the reason is I'm fishing basically two completely different tours, let's say, to, right. so to speak. Okay. Major League owns them both, but I am fishing the Bass Pro Tour, Major League Bass Pro Tour, but I'm also fishing the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit. And I'm not fishing much in between, I promise. <laughs> okay. uh, that, that, that gets me busy enough. But I'm fishing a five-fish limit, but I'm also fishing an all-you-can-catch in a cut weight. Or, a, you know, what size weight is it going to be, two pounds or 1.8? Sure, sure. You've got the score tracker, and you have all that pressure put on you on the Bass Pro Tour. Like, I really enjoy that week. It's fun. It's educating for people. It's a lot of live coverage. It's A group, B group, knockout round, championship, the whole nine yards. Well, then I'll go to a Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit. A five-fish limit event, two days of practice, one day off, boom, 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 if you make the top 10 and the top 50. Everybody fishes two days, third day, top 50, final days, championship Sunday, top 10. It's all really smooth and really quick, not a lot of meetings, not worrying about groups. You're not worried about score tracker. You don't know who you got to get or get above the cut line, get below the cut line. It's a huge, huge difference between those two events. So I really have the best of both worlds in fishing those events, and I love them both. I really feel comfortable being at both. Uh, the, the pro circuit, my brother, his son, me, and Justin Lucas, normally we get a house together. It's good camaraderie. We really have a lot of fun. But then on the Bass Pro Tour, it's been me, Lucas and my brother, and we get to spend a lot of time together, and we're really enjoying that. As, as Justin's family's getting a little older, his kids are getting up there now. My brothers, of course, are older, and my kids are up there. They just hit summer break yesterday, so it's fun for families if you do it that way. We're really enjoying being a part of the Pro Circuit and the Tackle Warehouse, but it is a huge, hectic schedule. This is my first kind of break since January 14th. Um, <laughs> I've, been in and, I've been in and out of my house two or three days, but this is like my first week and a half off. So right. I'm very grateful to have this time. That's fantastic, yeah. man. It's uh, it, it is cool to see from your perspective or here, I should say from your perspective, the different feelings you get essentially competitive feelings that you get from the BBT versus the pro circuit. So I can see how, even though you're fishing on 
kind of the same, obviously, organization. They're two totally different sensation touch points, as you might say, because of the, the change in the formats and, and the change in the way each event's run. So that, that kind of keeps it fresh, I'm sure. Yeah, it does. It's nice. Like, I'll go fish a Bass Pro Tour, then I'll fish a Pro Circuit, or Pro Circuit, then Bass Pro Tour. And it's you're right. One of them's refreshing, and the other one's refreshing because it's two completely different scenarios. Yeah. So yeah. it's like I said earlier, it's kind of like a, a you know I got the best of both worlds. I can put my net, my calling tags, and my weigh-in scale in my boat one tournament, and I take them all out in the next tournament. So you've got to kind of you know <laughs> be ready to switch gears, yeah. but at the same time, I really enjoy the calmness of the Bass Pro Tour. But I really like the, let's not call it hectic, but the really pressure down to the wire, the cut line, knockout round, championship. You're always updated on what's going on. I like that also because sometimes at the pro circuit, I'm like, golly, I wonder how I'm doing today. Well, you don't know till you get to weigh in. On that Bass Pro Tour, you know how you're doing every single minute of every day you're fishing. So it's really cool. Yeah. Well, Bobby, and I would argue that perhaps going back to what we had started the interview with is that that has added to kind of just your evolution as an angler. And, you know, given the fact that we've kind of established, you you know, that turning point and and you kind of uh, turning into uh, more of a pro angler with a steady career that you are today, I'd like for you to kind of maybe put on your coach's hat. And if myself or another, you know, fan of, of Bass Edge Radio walks into your office and you've got to give them some advice, how would you consult me or that person or even a guide on the pro circuit angler that's trying to make a go in this sport? Yeah, you know, I'm going to start with, and and I run a big high school event down here every year and a junior event, the Bobby Lane Cup down here in December. And I'm going to start with those guys, the juniors in the high school and, and college. They come actually back and boat captain some of these high schoolers. But man, you know, I got in this years and years ago for one reason, and that was because I loved to catch bass. I didn't want a sponsor. I didn't want nothing. I wanted my boat and trolling motor to run, and I wanted my truck to get me to the boat ramp so I could catch as many bass as I could. Everybody got into this. Guides did, other professional anglers, weekend anglers. They all get into this because they love to catch bass. Now, it doesn't matter if they're green ones, spotted ones, brown ones, whatever other bass are out there. We all love the sport of bass fishing, and I can't reiterate that enough even to to guys that are older, like myself. I mean, I'm 48 this year. I still remember those days when I just loved catching bass and had no worries at all in the world. Well, now we got sponsorships and guides are trying to grab the local gas sponsor or the local tackle shop to get on their jersey so they can maybe get free tackle or get free gas or get a paycheck from one of the local title companies or something like that in town. I mean, we've all lived, you know, I owned a lawn company. I bet every fisherman out there had someone done owned a lawn company or mowed their own yard for money or mowed somebody else's yard for money. But, you know, it's two things for me. Number one, it was I love to catch fish and I put everything else aside 
I realized that if my name's towards the top of the leaderboard throughout my beginning careers, and what happened is people recognized me, which was awesome, because I loved to catch bass. Well, then the sponsorship became a little easier because I was making a name for myself. Well, for some guys, that you know, blah, 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 they might not be always at the top, but they, they'll win one tournament, and then they kind of go on a slow one. So on that side of it is I say get with a sponsor in the business that's a big sponsor also, like myself with Pure fishing you know there's several other sponsors out there and brand yourself with that sponsor you know grow with them be become part of them and learn everything about their business and stay in touch with them and that's what sponsors love is you know stay in contact even if it's through a text message or just a call every couple of weeks or or once a month or something like that involve them in social media but you know get with somebody and stay with them nobody wants the guy that bebops around you know oh you're with this hook company this year you're with that hook company the next year and the next year the boss from the first hook company went to work for the third hook company and he's not going to hire you because you burnt that bridge. And we all know how that works, Kurt and Aaron. I yeah. promise you guys yeah. have done it. But to put it in a nutshell, start with catching fish because that's what we love to do. Second would be if you're after sponsorship, get with a company that's going to stand behind you and build a relationship with them through your career. And then just kind of let the cards unfold for themselves. If it's meant to be, you know, God will put things in your plan and show you that this is the avenue he wants you to take or he'll direct you in another path. And for me, it was, he directed me right to where I'm supposed to be at this time on the phone with you guys and teaching other people how to do it. And I love doing that. And I think he's given me maybe a sixth sense to, speak to kids and anglers. You know, some people can't even talk on the microphone or with a camera in their face. They just jar up. They'd never be able to do it. And my son would be the same way until, you know, maybe he gets longer. It was so cool. I watched my brother's son on live at Gunnersville. They put a camera with him the first day and how he reacted to that camera and still caught a bunch of fish. I thought it was really cool. And I feel like, you know, he's making some big strides in the industry, just being, getting that out of the way. So we all know how that goes, but um, that would be my one-two kind of punch to, you know, fishing, sponsorship, being a guide, a weekend angler, kind of take what's out there and make it the best you can make it. All right. But catch fish. Catch fish. Yeah. Keep it simple. Don't overthink the process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Bob. I was reading a couple weeks ago, Stephen Browning won a cup event. The MLF let the cat out of the bag a little bit in some of those press releases when Stephen won that event. The cup events going to team tournaments or team events in 2023. I think I read that correctly. Obviously, you've got the inside knowledge. Was that a Bass Pro Tour angler decision? And if so, what was the driving factor for them to vote? in that direction. Yeah, I was actually part of the very first pilot show team event. We actually won the event. That's no secret. Been aired on TV now, but that was one of the coolest events I've done. But what I like about the team series, Kurt, is we've seen the cup events now. I was a part of the very first cup event. I don't know. I like Amistad 10, 11 years ago. I don't know how many years ago, but I think it was 2012. Yeah, like 10, 11 years. We've had the cup series going on, the one pound minimum. People love that, but it's kind of like everything else. You know, you got to kind of stay up on top of things. And and I feel like Major League's doing a wonderful job at that. And going to a team series event, which now is going to let me, I will be a captain. I'm just throwing that out there. There'll be 27 captains. I will be one of them. And I will have a three-man team counting myself. 
and the roster's going to go down here in a few weeks. I think we're all going to have the roster. Then I know we'll, you guys will see what team's on what. Gotcha. But um, the way it works is we're all Bluetooth together through an earpiece. So I know where my team is at all times. I can talk to them every single cast of the way. Nice. What's cool is when a lot of these times on the cameras now, when they say, hey, give us an update. And the guy says, okay, well, I'm out here in the middle of nowhere. I got uh, 26 pounds and I need to get to 41 pounds to beat Justin Lucas. You know, okay, right. thanks. Well, then the next guy, up, oh, give us an update. The beautiful thing about the team series is you're getting updated all day long because those guys were just constantly talking, talking each in other. our Bluetooth. Yeah. So they don't have to ask for an update because you're getting everything every angler's thinking at that given time. And there's going to be three events. I think September, October, November is when we'll do all these, and then there'll be a championship at the end of the year. But my take on the whole thing is it's refreshing. It's going to be a whole new way to look at bass fishing. It's going to be so cool to watch the top names in the world work together, even though they've never worked together before on (laughs) Bluetooth which is going to be super cool. And I mean, we're talking a $300,000 championship at the end of the year. So I promise you, there's not guys going, oh, this is cool, but I'm I'm not not giving away the juice. Right, right, right. Yeah, they are going to come off of every (laughs) single thing they know. And it's going to be weird. You might see guys like, you know, Jacob Wheeler paired up with a Mark Daniels. And those two actually have to work together as opposed to not giving up all the secrets because this is how I'm catching them. I might have to pick a guy like maybe me and Kevin Van Dam will be on the same team. (laughs) Right. And and I'm the captain and I got to tell Kevin, hey, dude, cranking is not the deal today. We are going to do this. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. But I I got all the respect in the world for Van Dam. Here's the deal, guys. It's no practice. So it's not like we're going to be on that body of water finding fish. We are going to still show up And it's a cup event style, but it's going to be team event with no practice. So Kevin is the best cranker of all times and always will be hats off to him for him and his career. Don't let me ever. I never (laughs) got anything negative to say about that, man. He is. He has got us all to where we are at today. But no, but but it's funny. We are going zero practice (laughs) and you don't know what lake you're going to be on. All they do is give you dates. So you kind of got to be ready for everything. Yeah, if it's 1030 and, and you're flipping them out of trees and you're talking on Bluetooth to Kevin and he's offshore cranking some Strike King bait somewhere, you'd be like, Kevin, dude, it's not working out there. Get the hell on the bank. <laughs> right, right. And, and vice versa. He could be out there. Absolutely. And like, hey, ooh, Kevin's killing him. What's he doing? Right. Kevin, I'm coming up, dude. You know, what's the deal? Uh, I'm throwing a series four, right? On these shallow rocks out here. Okay. I'm all in. I'm going to pick my Berkeley dredger up and go to work. You calling robots. That's how how cool this is going to be. And, and it can go so many different. You can think of all the scenarios of all the anglers. I mean, we got the West coast, some of the best guys that know swim baits and drop shots and, Nico rigs and and all kinds of different situations and we don't know where we're going and we're going to have a team that we don't know what the team is going to be yet so it'll go the 27 team captains each guy will pick from the pool so the top 27 in points from last year I think Mark Rose was 27th and Jacob Wheeler was first and everybody in between right uh gets to pick they're going to pick Mark first 
let Mark Rose pick first, and then they'll go up to one, and then back, and then up to one. So, yeah. well, Bobby, uh, you need to come up with really, some, really exciting. You need to come up with some sort of retribution for your team. You know, the the <laughs> lowest finisher of the tournament has to wash the other guy's boat or something. You know. <laughs> Well, here's the deal. If you're not in the top, so I think there's three teams fishing at a time or nine teams. If you're in the bottom after the second round, okay, or, or second period, I guess there may be periods. First, second, third period, you know, we always go to a break, a rendezvous point. If you're in the bottom after the second, you're immediately eliminated. You're done. Uh, you don't have a shot for the championship or anything. So the goal is not to be in that bottom. Yeah, sure. Yeah, don't suck. All right. Hey, Bob, we're going to get yeah, to a quick uh, Nitro Performance Bass Boats listener question segment. This question was actually came through our Instagram, maybe setting up perfect for this mid-June time frame. Post-spawn, Carolina rigging. Steven asked, when considering a leader for a Carolina rig, do you prefer mono for the buoyancy or do you go with fluorocarbon to minimize stretch and line visibility? If I'm throwing a Carolina rig on a standard baitcaster, 7.3, heavy, you know, blah, 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 I always throw my go-to leader is 15-pound Berkeley Big Game green monofilament, and I go anywhere from a foot and a half to three foot on my leader, depending on what kind of cover I'm fishing. There you go. Pretty simple. And you like the mono because of the stretch? You like it because of the buoyancy? What's the property that you think it gives you to provide an advantage to catch more fish? The reason I like the monofilament, Berkeley Big Game, 15 pound, it's got the stretch. If I hang one in a deep rock or a deep tree, that fish can pull and drag as opposed to like a, a fluorocarbon where it's more abrasion. If it starts pulling and dragging in a tree, man, that stuff's going to pop because it's more brittle. I'd like to stretch. And plus it's a long, long sweeping hook set for the most part, right? So I'd like the little bit of stretch. And if that fish wants to jump, the rod can give to the fish a little bit, kind of like the pendulum with the crankbait and the rod bending as you hook one and a big one jumps way out there. You want your rod to kind of bend with the fish. That's the same scenario I'm going to give you why I choose the mono over any other Carolina rig leader. Yeah, makes sense. Good stuff. Well, appreciate Bobby, you answering Steven's question and Steven, we need you to do one more thing. And that is simply to log on to BassEdge.com, Click the claim your prize tab, fill out the information. Let us know that you heard Bobby answer your question right here on episode 378. And we are going to get the free gift card sent directly to you for Midway USA to where you can purchase all things, fishing, hunting, and the outdoors. And Bass Edge listeners, you could have your question answered on the show too, from an angler, just like Bobby Lane, not Bob himself, because he already answered one, but someone similar to Bob Lane, an expert in the sport. All you got to do is comment on Instagram or Facebook. We're going to put those Midway USA gift cards out there. Just simply comment on the post. If your question is heard on the show, we're going to send you that gift card. Well, Bobby, as yeah. always, really appreciate you carving out time and your busy schedule. Uh, just such a consummate professional, and you've been on here several times and certainly always look forward to having you back. Any closing thoughts for uh, Bass Edge Nation before we let you go? First, I want to thank you guys for uh, having me on. It, it has been a while. I thought the questions were great. You guys have a great show. And as I've had, I've loved saying this, I am very humbled 
but honored to be your 2022 Red Crest champion and uh, look forward to doing it again real soon, guys. Absolutely, Bob. Congratulations on that championship. Now you got uh, two in the family and keep those coming. Maybe Cal will be the next, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Well, hey, appreciate you being on the show. Uh, I'll be looking for a repeat, actually. Red Crest 2023, Bobby Lane. How's that sound? Sounds wonderful. That (laughs) might, you know, this is my worst year in the Bass Pro Tour. And I think it's kind of because they said, dude, you've already made the Red Crest. You don't have to worry about the points. When they said that, I feel like the monkey's been lifted off my back. I mean, think how hard we work, Kurt, to get to where we were to qualify for these classics or championships or red crest you know we did everything we could out there on the water to try to get there and it always came down to the last tournament so to have that off my the monkey off my back is awesome but um i'm hungry now yeah i'm ready yep now i'm ready i'm ready to get back at it and we got a we got a busy schedule towards the end of the year here and i'm looking forward to it man you bet man well appreciate you spending time again everybody stay tuned aaron and i will be right back know the importance of protecting your investments so why use anything else other than the original and toughest diy keel protector for your boat megaware keel guard grinding sand abrasive rocks and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology megaware keel guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also from MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, FlexStep Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. The PowerPole Charge Marine Power Management Station is the most advanced system of its kind available on the market. It does the work of three devices, a traditional battery charger, a charge on the run, and an emergency start system all in one compact unit. The charge lets you run your boat's accessories the way you want to run them by allowing you to monitor and control your power usage through the PowerPole app. It automatically devotes power to the batteries that need it the most for maximum efficiency. The new charge from PowerPole. Power where you need it, power how you need it, power when you need it. Kurt, I know uh, we took a little bit more time, but time to me was well spent. Bobby Lane, uh, again, you know, every time we have him on here, uh, he always brings goods. Uh, Phenomenal angler and his path of evolution that is what really stood out to me this time and just to see him like we said in the interview evolve over his career right right yeah you know when he first started fishing it was always just bobby lane bobby lane we we you know talked to him in the interview as bobby and and sometimes now i'm just like bob because i feel like he's like sir bob right <laughs> he's like, that's right red crush he's, it's not just bobby the guy bobby it's like sir bob so so now i'm like bob lane 2022 red crest champion you know it's like more official now because because he's taking the title he's a winner super versatile we, we talked about his versatility and how he's come from florida and just created a whole new angler within himself as the years have progressed and that's why he's so good and stayed in the sport and has just been super successful man so it was great to get to chat with him i always enjoy chatting with bob but always fun too to talk about new products with Chris Shoplock there on the Nomad deal. What, what's your take on the auto-tune, man? When I saw that, I was blown 
away, thinking of designs and things this would give us anglers in the fishing, in the bass fishing market. What's your take on the auto tune there? My take is why didn't I think of that? I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's on one hand, it's so advanced, but yet so simplistic. And, and the fact that, you know, how many times, Kurt, have you been standing on the deck of the boat trying to take your needle nose to get, you know, to bend oh. the eye over to tune a bait and then, it, and then you overcorrect and it goes the other way. And it's just, it's, it's mind numbing. It's cool stuff. Yeah. And, and they've got some, some neat action on some of their baits as well. So, uh, it's, it's going to be fun to watch, see where they go. If, if like Chris mentioned at, at the close of, of that segment, you know, check them out on Nomad Design through social media they do a ton of stuff on social media youtube that kind of thing that's the best way to to catch up on what they're doing so uh, well and rumor has it uh probably gonna have a giveaway perhaps yes that is the rumor uh i'm gonna reach out to chris and we will have a giveaway no rumor let's just call it call it what it is we're gonna have one so stay tuned to the bass edge social media gonna have a uh, freshwater series tackle pack from nomad design be looking for it it's gonna run from june 15th through the end of june be sure to stay tuned to bass edge social media to have a chance to win that nomad tackle pack all right, good stuff. Well, Kurt, I hate to cut you short. It's always a pleasure being on the mic with you and hanging out with all Bass Edge Nation, but I am in the midst of practice, and uh, I want to make sure I can at least make a, uh, you know, try and get five in the live well come come Saturday. So anyway, get it done. I'm going to get it done. It, make know, us proud. I'm going to do my proud. best. But uh, anyway, any closing thoughts before we shut her down? Not really, man. You know, we're starting to hit into the summertime. Lo- love to get some more feedback on, on the Bass Edge social about – you know, maybe some anglers you'd love to hear here on the program. Aaron and I, we, I mean, we, we've talked to so many guys, right, Aaron? So many anglers and, and uh, want to hear more about what you, the listeners, would like to hear from us out of the show because uh, this platform is for you. We do it for y'all and yep. uh, appreciate you being a listener. Well, and I would argue they don't want to hear from us. That's why they need to respond in and tell us who they do want to hear from. So anyway, all right. Uh, there we, there you have it. There you are. Please uh, send us all of that information via our uh, social media or certainly support at BassEdge.com. Keep sending in those questions. Uh, those Midway USA gift cards are, are a hot commodity, and we will do our best to get yours chosen and get you that gift card sent out directly. But for all things Bass Edge, stay tuned via our social media. For Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin. So long, everybody. The Edge is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Midway USA, Mercury Marine, Power Pole, and Transport Graphics.